However you got here, you're currently listening to the Perry Hall Family Worship Center podcast. Thanks for giving us a chance. If today's message speaks to you, encourages you, or just leaves you with questions, you can reach out to us at connect at perryhall.life. So my topic today is praise. And I want to kind of get in high gear because these two guys that got up here before me, they, were, they took up a lot of my time. <laughs> but no, I'm just joking. But anyway, praise is such an important a blessing that God has given us. And it's in the original, it means to sing. It means to tell of. It means to even confess and to give. So when you look at this word praise, this is what's taken place here before before we come up here, before I come up here, it's praise and worship that's happening. In simple terms, if we put it this way, it means really to be thankful for God's blessings. I mean, there's a whole lot more we're going to see as well, but praise is, is an outward expression to God. Now, when we look at that, we got to realize we're not just singing a song here. You know, it's not just a sing-along. And when these guys are up here, bringing us into worship and praise, there is something that has taken place, whether we realize it or not. But we continue to look at different definitions, and it's, it's also like an expression of gratitude and respect towards God when we're praising God, especially as we do it with song. We're appreciating God. Anybody can praise the Lord. The most important thing is to have a relationship with the Lord. Then you can really praise him. But it stems from us recognizing who God is. It's that simple. It really is. Now, we know that praise sometimes can be between people. Let me give you an example. You know, we can praise our kids. Oh, they're so good. You know, they do this and they do that. And, and um, I like to allude to the social media. We can really praise people in social media. Most of you, I'm sure... Here, Lisa, praise me every Sunday when you walk out, you know. Man, wasn't that a good sermon from my husband? And he's handsome, too. But I'm not talking about that kind of praise. I'm talking about the praise that prepares our heart to really receive from God. You know, years ago, I share this every now and then, because of certain situations, we had to have the word. I had to preach first. And then we went into worship, praise and worship. And I, I will say this, it was a big mistake. It was a big mistake. Now we had to do it because of a certain situation, but I wasn't ready to preach and people weren't ready to receive. There's something with praise and worship that it begins to cultivate your heart, your spirit. It gets us to, to steer our attention away from our problems and towards God towards his greatness. So praise is powerful. It's a powerful tool. When, when the team is up here praising God, it's intentional. It's not a segment in the service. It's intentional. It's not entertainment. If you're being entertained, well, you have to get a relationship with God and you'll go deeper. And then all of a sudden your praising takes a different turn. I want to share a couple Bible verses and a couple uh, accounts that took place in the Bible. Now, when we read the Bible, you know, the accounts, the events that takes place, there's more to it than just the event. 
Now we know that a parable is a heavenly story, is a is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So we understand that it's, it doesn't necessarily uh, an incident that happened. It's more of a story to get a point across. And then there's other accounts in the Bible that are actual accounts that took place, but we learn from them, and there's some meanings in it. So in Psalm 100, as we start get started here. Verse one, it says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Praise is for everybody. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Okay, we're starting to see this, this unravel here, this whole thing of praise. Know that the Lord, he is God. If he is your God, if he is your Lord, it is he who has made us and not we ourselves, We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. I'm going to backtrack again. Are you a sheep? Are you one of his sheep? Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? This is all important here to get this understanding here. Verse four. Now it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. So now it's given us a, an example of coming into the, into the tabernacle, if you will, coming into his presence as we would do nowadays. And how do we come into his gates? First, we come in with thanksgiving. We come in honoring the Lord. You know, in the Our Father, we studied that about a year ago, when it starts at Our Father who art in heaven. We're, that's, a, that's a teaching of how to pray. You go to prayer first and you're acknowledging God and who he is. Holy is he. Then it says, go into his courts with praise. So it's like, get the right mindset and then go in and begin to praise God. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Kind of lays out some things right here. How many times we go to God and we just give him a grocery list. Lord, I need this. Help me with this. I messed up here. Help me with my family, etc., etc. Verse five, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generation for he for the Lord is good. He's not bad. Remember, he's holy. There's no sin in God. We know that. But what's interesting to me is as you study this praise thing, you realize this praise thing really carries a supernatural power. If you will, something changes when we begin to praise God, even in the, in the atmosphere, in our, in our surrounding, something begins to change. Honestly, I've heard so many times how people love to praise and worship. It's something about it. You know, I don't know if I can explain it good enough, but there's something that takes place in your spirit when you're praising and worshiping God. It's not like you're just singing a song or you're not performing. God is beginning to do something and he's beginning to cultivate that heart of ours. In Psalm 22, verse three, it says, but you are holy. Speaking of God, you are holy being he's set apart, meaning that he's sacred, but you are holy enthroned in the praise of Israel. Israel was God's people. We know that. If you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you're God's people. So this is talking about us. But what does this enthroned mean? It says enthroned in the praise of Israel. Isn't God everywhere? 
Well, there's a manifestation. There's something just a little bit different when we go into praise and worship. Enthroned means to sit or to remain or to dwell. Just like a, a king would be, if you will. The king's enthroned. What's that mean? He's in charge. It means he's rules. It means he provides the protection. It means he sets the attitude. And on and on. Now, here's the thing. Is God, if you will, I'll say it this way. Is he enthroned in your life? Is he the king of your life? Is he the leader of your life? Is he the protector of your life? Or is it something else? Many people, they have, they're in that seat of the throne. They're in, short, in charge. Oh, yeah, they love the Lord. They all this and all that. But God says, where I'm enthroned, my praise will be there. See, a lot of Christians, they love the Lord. But um, they may struggle with what place the Lord is in or what place you put the Lord in, so to speak. But he's got to be enthroned. He's got to be your king and he'll inhabit it. The king's in charge. He's the one who's ruling. He's the one who's protecting. It's his attitude that's governing the, the, the nation. And if he's not enthroned, something else is. Let me keep talking about this thing with praise. We know sometimes praise and worship, they almost go hand in hand in certain times, but in certain times they're very separate. But praise is not only a Sunday activity. It's not something you just do on Sundays from, you know, 11 to 11.25. Praise is not only just a church activity. It doesn't have to be just here. It happens here. And praise doesn't have to be on your schedule. Oh, it's, today is Monday, 10 o'clock is the time I'm praising. No, we see in scripture here in Hebrews 13, 15, it says this. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to him. The fruit of our lips, praising, speaking it out. But take notice here, it says continually, continually to be praising the Lord. Yeah, I know we got life, we got jobs and all that stuff. But we can have that mindset, if you will, of praising God. Praise him all the time. You ever feel like God is far away from you? Of course you do. We've all been through that. Begin to praise him. You think that maybe he's abandoned you? Begin to praise him. You may feel lonely at times. Begin to praise him. Praise is a key. Praise is a tool. Praise is a weapon. You're going to see in a minute so many different areas how we can use praise and again, it's an opportunity that we got to take advantage of in life. Praise is like this. It's, it's from you to him about him. You know, that's what it is. So we're, we're worshiping God. We're praising him. Now, let me get a couple examples going here. Now, remember what I said here. This is important to understand this. Is when you see these accounts taking place in the Bible, look at the spiritual uh, um, under, the, under the radar uh, agenda, maybe. I'm not sure what, what word I'm trying to say. But look what the, the word of God says. So in Acts 16, 25, 26, but at midnight, Paul and Silas was praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Paul and Silas were thrown in prison, okay? Now this says here at midnight, this means in the middle of the night, 
This means when the, when the night is the darkest, when daylight seems like it's, you know, two weeks away. We've all been through that. Sometimes it's like, when is, when is the sun going to shine again? It says they were praying and singing hymns. They were praising God. And take notice, too, that, the, that people were listening. The other prisoners were listening. This was in a dark time. This was in a dark cell. And these guys were chained up. Suddenly, verse 26 says, there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prisons were shaken and, all the, and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loose. Okay, so what is the, what is the analogy? Oh, that's a good story. That sounds really great. But spiritually, it's telling us something here. It's telling us when we're in a, in a dark area of our lives. It's telling us that when these guys began to sing, began to praise God, something took place. The shackles were released and the gates were open. Now, mentally, we can say the same thing. You know, what is this spiritual analogies happening here? Let me give you another example. We sometimes, we feel like we're in chains. We're dealing with certain things, like, for instance, fears. Come on, we deal with fears. You know, you try to be super spiritual and say, no, nah, I don't... Yeah, you do. We do. From time to time. We shouldn't. As we grow closer to God, we should have more God than fears. But fear can be imprisoning someone. It paralyzes them. They can't move forward because they got these shackles on them. They got all, these, they got all this stuff going on in their head. But God says, praise them. It'll release them shackles. Depression. How about depression? A lot of people deal with that. No matter how deep you want to go with Depression, discouragement, whatever you may, whatever you might want to call it, but people deal with it. They're chains. They're 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 imprisoning us, so we can't do anything. Relationships. There's 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 a lot of shackles there. Sickness. Many people deal with sicknesses, whether it's mental or whether it's physical. People are dealing with sicknesses, and they can't get out of the cell. They can't break loose. Addictions. It's the same way. Addictions, people don't have addictions. Addictions have them. Praising God will break the chains, will open the cell door in your mind to let you free. And it all comes in your relationship with God. Your relationship with God, accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And then you grow and you grow and you get more and more. And this praise, again, is a tool. Chains hold us back. Sometimes in life, we feel like we're in checkmate. We can't make a move. You know, whatever we do is going to be wrong. And it's a real thing without a doubt. Again, this is nothing, no surprise here. We all deal with it. But praise can get you out of checkmate. Or if nothing else, get your mind out of checkmate. Sometimes situations won't go, but God will free your mind up. Things that aren't getting any better. Or maybe you're saying things won't get any better. Let me tell you what scripture says. He's not going to leave you and he's not going to forsake you. Forsake means neglect. He's not going to neglect you. He hasn't forgot about you. He cares for you. He loves you. He died for you. So he's got it all on the table for us. What else do we see in praise? Praise is, a, is evidence of their faith. 
We've seen that with Paul and Silas. Here they are, they're in jail. And you know what? Sometimes it's the hardest thing to do is to pray, is to worship God when you're in a jail. When I mean jail, I'm talking about a spiritually mental jail when you feel like you can't get out. But their faith, we see their faith through their praise and their praying. So whatever you're going through, pray and praise God. You may say, well, I'm not really sure how to do that. Let me tell you, let me tell you what we offer, okay? Contact me or Pastor Josh, okay? We'll give you the praise music. We'll get it to you somehow or another. I'm not talking about just religious type of music. I'm talking about praise that will set you free within. Amen? Okay, let me, um, let me get to my next um, verse here, which is in 2 Chronicles. Now, look at this story here, okay? This is an event, an account that took place. Now, see the, see the process, what happened here. I'm going to kind of, um, I'm going to kind of read this uh, before we get to, the, to this particular verse here. And I'm sorry for not letting you know that, Mike. But I want to set the scene here. The king, Jehoshaphat, was getting in trouble. It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them, besides the Ammonites, came to battle against Jehoshaphat. They came to battle. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea and from Syria, and they are in Hazan Tamar, which is in Getty. I can say that one. I was actually in Getty. And Joseph, so here we go. Now we pick it up in verse three. I'm not sure. Did I give you verse three, Mike? I'm not even sure on that. Yeah. So now we pick up the story. But let me just kind of set the stage a little bit. This king was being surrounded, if you will, by these nations. And you see in the scripture here that it was a great multitude coming against him. A great multitude coming against him. This is, this is a key point here. If I can keep these pages open, I'll be okay. Now, verse 3, we'll pick it up here. And Jehoshaphat feared. Okay? Wouldn't we do that? Don't we do that when something we know is coming against us? We go right into fear. I mean, most of us do, I think. But he's human here. And he feared and set himself to seek the Lord. This is, this is such a valuable point that is being said here. Fear came, okay, it was real, but he went right to God. He didn't start trying to figure this thing out. He didn't start setting up troops and let's, let's start putting blockades up. He went right to the Lord. He seeked the Lord. So again, I'm saying there's, it's a, there's a message even in this one verse here that we can easily go past and not realize it. But man, when something's coming at you, go right to God. Go right to God. Don't go to anybody else. Go to God. Seek him first. Amen? Okay. And look what he did here. And he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of, of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Man, what is the priority of this king? The priority of this king is rallying up everybody to pray. To pray. 
I mean, he's not messing around with anything. He's going to God. He gathered up all of them that came together just to seek God. I guess what I'm saying here, and I can say it to myself as well, I wonder how many times I've done that, we've done that. We've gone through a situation, and the first thing we go to is prayer. I like to say that I do, but, you know. But he proclaimed a fast. You know, we did that 21-day fast in the beginning of January. It's powerful. Fasting changed us. Let's make sure we know that. Okay, so as the story continues to go, I'm not going to, I want to skip through some things here, but he's going to God, he's petitioning God, he's setting things in place. Now he's, he's still speaking to God. Now in verse 12, we pick it up here, and he's talking to God. For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. <clears throat> you get that? We're going through, going through something. He feared God. He's going to God. He's seeking God. Calling for praying, calling for fasting, and being honest. God, I don't know what to do here. Now, I have to say this. We've all probably been through that many times. Maybe even just today. You don't know what to do sometimes. And you call out to God. And that's a humbling experience as well. It's basically saying that I need your help, God. When you don't need prayer, you're saying you're prideful. And pride will get in the way of you and God. God says he resists the proud. So humble yourself and go to the Lord. Call on the Lord. Okay, let me pick it up here. God begins to talk to him and, and uh, speaking to him and, and things of that nature. But here's the point that I want to get to. I'm going to get to verse 21. Okay, so the war is heating up where they're coming to him. So he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Okay, did you pick up what took place there? Did you pick up what took place? He put, he put out the worship team in front of the army. It says it right there. And they, and they went out before the army were saying, they began to praise the Lord. That doesn't make a bit of sense. It doesn't make a bit of sense. If we ever went through something, Josh, Joel, and the rest of you, use are heading out first. You're going out first. I'll be back here. <laughs> Let me know how it goes. <laughs> I may say, sing louder, louder. But there's a point that's taken place here. Notice that God delivered them, but when did he deliver them? I'll read it again. He pointed them that they should sing. Let me go, I'm gonna go to the next verse. Sorry. I have a little trouble with my Bible here today. The pages, not the Bible. Verse 22. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, who came against Judah, and they were defeated. When did the defeat take place? When they, when they praised, and they began to praise God. See, the point really is, again, is this. There's power in praise. Praise is a weapon. It's a weapon. And you, you get victory in praise. 
So, I mean, I want to continue to say something here that praise gets the focus off of ourselves and put it back on God. See, if you notice, we're flipping back and forth here with the story and then how it, what it means to us. Praise brings us into a place of humility. God, I need you. This is coming against me. I'm getting a bad report from the doctor. I'm feeling depressed. Let me put it to you this way. Praise makes the enemy flee. Did you notice that in our reading? The victory came when they began to praise God. So I'm trying to draw a point home of what we go through in our lives. We got to make sure we're praising God. Praise makes room for God's blessing in our lives. Praise invites God, his presence into our lives. Praise paves the way for God's power. It paves the way. We can stand at this time here. I'm wrapping up. But I hope we begin to see the importance of praise. We can wrap it up a little bit with worship, but there's a little difference there. But we need to be praising God. You know, many Christians' lives are like this. It's ups and downs, ups and downs. Now what? Now what's going to happen in my life? Can I take any more, you know? Well, you are taking it. And you shouldn't be taking it. You got to give it to God. Give it to him in praise. And this is where the victory takes place. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this tool of, of praise. Lord, I thank you that we can praise you, Lord. And Lord, something takes place. Not really sure exactly, but you begin to do something in our praise. You take the load off of our shoulders. You take the, the problem that's way down in our heart and you, you get rid of it. You release us from them chains. You release us, you protect us from the enemy in praise. So Father, I pray as we continue to go forward in our walk with you today, tomorrow, and on and on, that Lord, we would just continue to praise you. Praise you for what you have done in our lives. Praise you for what you will do in our lives. And Lord, there's so many things we're thankful for, but most of all, we thank you for Jesus dying on the cross and rising from the dead for our sins. And Lord, I pray if anyone doesn't know you today, Lord, they will come up to the prayer team on my left and right here and accept you in that special way that you have provided for them. And Lord, we thank you for, for you so loving the world that you gave your only begotten son that whoever believes him should not perish but have everlasting life. You didn't come into this world to condemn, to condemn us, but through, through your son, Jesus Christ, you have given us life, and I thank you for that. So, Lord, we thank you for so many blessings, and we do, again, thank you for Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thanks for giving the Perry Hall Family Worship Center podcast a chance. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and if you want to know more, we've got everything you need at perryhall.life.